0: So as promised, I'm here with my child, who shall remain without a name. I'll probably have to edit your name out because I say it so much. Say hi. Hello. Oh, are on the- yes. So tell people where you've been, what you've been doing, and like who you are, and don't say your name. That's really weird because every time you tell someone who you are, you always begin with your name. Um. You say, it and I'll
1: just blank it out. No, uh, it's fine. I think. Didn't we have a fake name that we me? Yeah, we, we use Wednesday. Me? Yeah, okay, so obviously, I'm Wednesday. <laughs> um, that's my cat's name as well. That's cool. So, <laughs> we really like that name. Yeah, <laughs> we really like the name Wednesday. Um, so let's well, talk about I, where you've been as far as like you went to your dad's, and then let's talk about rad. Yeah, stuff. well, um, the last time you guys spoke to me or heard of me um, was right before I left probably I think I have a terrible memory so don't take anything I say for sure but um, I went to my dad's it was an interesting experience it definitely helped me grow a lot I think when I came back I came back a completely different person um, so what do you think about it I me mean, like do
0: you think it have, have impacted your rad behaviors i guess your attachment disorder responses to things
1: um yes and no i mean i still have some issues when it comes to like not being able to see red flags or um (laughs) just Disassociation. disassociation is still a huge issue that i deal with i have a lot more control of it now um that is something that going to my dad's helped me with just because it got to a point where I didn't want to be there. Um, Pretty much the whole time I lived there, I hated it. And I pretty much taught myself how to tap into my disassociation for certain parts without completely disassociating. So I was able to have more control over my disassociation to where now, most of the time, I know or I can feel when I'm starting to disassociate. Um, And then at that point, it's kind of just what I choose to do with it. I can either choose to keep disassociating um, depending on the situation or I try to snap out of it. Um, how so, do you
0: know when you're just like,
1: how do you know? It's almost like how you can, well, you can always tell when I'm like, when you're disassociated. I, yeah, when I'm disassociated. When it's drastic. drastic.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I can tell when it's coming, but more importantly, I know what the triggers for it are. So yeah. I can tell that it, if it hasn't shown up, it will
1: probably be here soon. Right. Um, for me, it's a feeling, um, because it just gets to a point where I can tell like I sewn out a lot more, I stop doing my homework, I
0: hygiene slips,
1: yeah, which I mean my hygiene has never been great, but it definitely <laughs> gets a lot worse than it was. um you do the maladaptive thing, where you just like get into that weird
0: rhythmic chip eating, candy eating t v watching like in silence, like,
1: yeah, I kind of seclude myself off, but for me, that's how you would know though, for me, it's. I almost have like a physical feeling that's also mainly a mental feeling, which that's really hard to explain. But um, I definitely—I don't know. It's just—it's a weird thing that I can tell just from coming in and out of disassociation so much. I can tell like if I'm zoning out to a certain extent, or if I'm not doing my schoolwork a lot. I'm just like I don't want to be around people. I don't want to have conversations. Um, Recently, I've been going to the gym a lot, and so now when I disassociate I kind of stop going to the gym um so it's just there's just different things that um it's changes sometimes but that help me understand if I am disassociated or not and then it's kind of just how I choose to move forward after that well
0: so like what triggers disassociation for you
1: um a lot of things (laughs) (laughs) yeah um (laughs) I would want to say everything, but that's not true. Yeah, um, it feel It feels like everything, but um, anything with my dad or my stepmom, obviously. Um, anything that reminds me of my childhood, kind of, like my, the parts of my childhood that I don't remember, so that's a weird situation there. Yeah. Um, but just, like, when things start getting out of control, when things stop being normal, so, like every child has a normal in their family that they you know things that you can expect yeah. every day like yeah. things that are just normal things that always happen and so when those things stop happening or they start to change i usually get triggered because i do not like change um i don't like the unknown so definitely don't. those definitely are probably like to some all the triggers. details of
0: everything i do it's like hey we have a surprise this weekend, and you'll be like, Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> right, I'm just like, Just tell me. Right, which, not that we were Well, really surprises do that much. give me anxiety too.
1: Yeah,
0: but that's why I don't usually tell you if something is
1: coming. Yeah, <laughs> it's better not to tell me that there is a surprise, just to be like, Oh, hey. <laughs> See you on
0: Thursday. And then Thursday's the surprise. Yeah. Well, what about, so um, I think that in the day to day, what I find most people contact me about are, um, they're, you know, you know the deal. There's people that are really struggling to be validated that are caregiving and the children in their house are causing them to feel anxiety and they feel just a lot of discontentment and just, um, uh, they're just constantly at war with the kid in their house, obviously. And so nobody believes them. That's another state, you know, um, typical, Um, element of caregiving that they're experiencing is that they're having these battles with this child in their home and nobody in their family believes them. Sometimes they blame the caregiver and there's not a lot of, it's like plausible deniability. Like you'll say that the kid is doing whatever the kid is doing and it'll sound really crazy when you say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And then people will be like maybe you're being too hard on them or maybe you're just imagining
1: things right um I think well for starters with that list of things um when it comes to validation that's something that I still like try to work on especially with my mom like I when we're having conversations as long as I'm in my awareness I do try to validate her and let her know that like you're not wrong you're right like um, and that is something that is easy to recognize when I am aware. Um, but for most kids with rad, um, who don't know much about awareness and even with parents who don't really know how to lead with awareness, um, not saying that as everybody, but I'm just saying it is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to validation, it's very hard for someone who is unaware. And when you're unaware and you're rad, you're very self-centered. Um, you're not really considering anything else but yourself. So, it really comes down to, like... What about don't. when, like, like,
0: for... Well, where I was going with that was mostly to say people on the outside don't validate you. Not so much the kid, but, like, the people oh, around people you the because the kid changes their behavior, you know, when they're... That's never going to change.
1: Right. That's never going to change because even my family who have experienced rat, me having rad and have experienced the... Um, side effects of my traumatic childhood, you know, like, it's never gonna go away. There's always, it's the same thing with, like, if you relate it to people who are Christian and people who do not believe in God, not necessarily Satan's, but anybody who doesn't believe in God, like, there's always gonna be that rivalry, there's always gonna be that ignorance and disbelief about it, nobody's gonna want to believe you, because, it's yeah, and especially when it comes to kids with rad, kids with rad, like, we're very good at manipulators, so, with, say like you're telling a friend, a family member, or something that they're doing these crazy things, but then when your kid goes over there, they're not doing anything wrong. They're
0: amazing, yeah. Right?
1: It's by design. By design, it's all very manipulative, um, and it also doesn't help that usually kids with red have um, what do they call it? The enemy, enemy. Oh, nurturing enemy. A nurturing enemy. So the person who tries to take care and love the most out of, to that child. It's always going to be the nurturing in me, most likely. And they're always going to receive the worst. So when I, I know when I used to go over to other people's house, one, I was manipulative. I was trying everything I could to get out of my aunt's house. But also it was, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I had an enemy around me. I didn't feel like I had to be on defense. Right. So, but. What, what has
0: changed about that feeling now? Because, I mean, even when you weren't 18, like people might say like, oh, well, she's 18. She knows that she could technically leave. Um, but, which is not true. You can never leave. But, people would say, like, she's 18. Of course, she's going to be, like, different now. Because there's not as many restrictions on her as when she was a child. But even when, before you were 18, you were different. Mm -hmm. Like, when you moved back to Colorado, you were definitely different. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the whole experience with my dad, like, me being able to see that he wasn't, my idol father in my head like he wasn't the fantasy that I had he wasn't actually a good father what I made myself to believe about him wasn't true that helped me a lot and then also having to be around people who didn't know about awareness really had to it made me have to touch into my awareness and remember what my mom had taught me when I lived with her and just about awareness in general and things like that and remember who and like learn who I am I really had to figure that out by myself, and because I had to figure that out by myself, it helped, um, mature me a little bit, it helped me grow a lot, and then also just realizing, like, what I wanted for myself, understanding that I wasn't happy, um, I stopped, started to stop lying to myself about my father a lot.
0: So, Um, maybe you should go into, like, a little bit more detail, because I, I don't want it to sound like your father is, um the father that's, like, out on the street doing drugs because that's not who he is anymore. But now that he's yeah. sober, he's different. It's just still not the right father for you. Like, he doesn't he doesn't do the things that you need yeah. him to
1: do. Okay, like, I always, I, I like to put it in, like, he is a good father to my little stepbrothers and my new baby sister, I think. I don't know for that matter. But I'm sure, um, I'm sure he is. Um, he is a good father to them. But when it comes to me, because there has been so much distance between us um there's no real connection and now that he is now that he is married um there's not really room for us to build the connection that we that, you want. Ne- that I wanted and that we never really ever had the chance to build um but my dad he's not necessarily a bad father he's just not the father that I need or feel like I deserve And I don't trust myself enough to lower the expectations that I spent most of my life, um, idolizing and believing about him, um, enough to where he doesn't just constantly disappoint me.
0: Right. Um, so. So, okay. So that's, so the things that he lets you down by are things that are not, they're not outright, Abusive or even neglectful. Well, they're neglectful, right. I guess, but they're not outright abuse. They're just. Right.
1: They're not these terrible things. They're just, I'm at a place where I understand what type of father I deserve to have and what I missed out on. And um, I can recognize what he his doesn't provide is, me yeah. and what his capacity is. And I personally don't have the capacity yet to. Tolerate it it and lower my expectations enough to where him and I can have a relationship that isn't...
0: Problematic for you? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it causes you problems?
1: Right. That doesn't affect my everyday life all the time.
0: Does, when you are in in contact with him and trying to have a relationship with him, what does that look like for you as far as, like, you're saying you can't lower your expectations organically. So, what, what... (laughs) What do you notice about yourself and your feelings and your expectations when you're talking to him and trying to carry on a relationship with him? Like, what
1: expectations do I notice I have? hmm Oh, um, probably for him to call me more than he does because, um, they believe that, uh, it is a child's job to be responsible for the relationship and keeping the relationship up, and I do not believe that. I believe it is equal Um, so to call me more, to try to have a real conversation. One thing that my dad likes to do when we have a conversation is talk about himself. Um, and you know, that's great and all I want to know about him, but I would also like him to try and get to know me. And he doesn't really have the capacity to put in that effort or the time, um, with having four other children now, he doesn't have a lot of time. He never didn't, he didn't really have a lot of time to spend with me. There was always a fight between spending time with him alone and my stepmother and everybody else having to be around um you know there just wasn't anything did that trigger you yes i mean obviously because i well i came to florida just expecting to finally just be with my dad alone and finally be able to build a relationship with him and get to know him and when I came he had already had another family and then very soon after that he married her so there wasn't much time for us to really get to know each other for us to build a good foundation to stand on for it to be stable enough when he did get married yeah um so once he got married it all kind of even before that it was just going down the drain it wasn't very productive (laughs) and his and the
0: To speak from another, not to say an adult, but to speak from their position, their position is that, and it's always like this, like, they see it as, he's now working and sober, and he has this wife that's sober, and yes, they have young kids, but, like, this is the best version of him there ever has been and she should recognize all the sacrifices he makes by working so much and sh- they should she should recognize that she's part of this family unit and she should be grateful and um, respectful and obedient and just kind of blend into this um, ideal family life that they're trying to build for themselves because the other kids that she brought into the relationship are very young and then they just had a baby themselves uh, earlier this year and um, <clears throat> that's another thing you should, you should mention, I guess, since we're talking about the hard stuff right off rip, um, that they didn't necessarily understand that she was triggered at the idea of them. They tried very hard to get pregnant. And of course they got pregnant with a little girl, which is what they wanted. And so to see two parents, you know, biological parents raising a a baby together in this ideal life that she wanted so badly for herself and never had because of an onslaught of reasons. But uh, they didn't understand why she couldn't just... Get over it. Essentially, yeah. I mean...
1: Which, it's also very hard. There there were a lot of things that were triggering about it because my stepmother and I always have a, and we still do, a very... um, I'm looking for a word. I can't find it. But, yeah, pretty... Like, very... It's just a big power struggle between us. You know, she's also very close to my age. Um, (laughs) She's only... It's not very close. Okay, she is 10 10 years years. older than me. My dad is almost 40. Anyway, so, you know, it's just... It's kind of a weird situation because we also have different beliefs. Um, One of the biggest problems we ran into was respect. They believed respect was just, like, obedience and at all costs yeah. at all costs pretty much and i believe respect was earned over time and it was you know you showing a commitment to that person like you earn respect like to me you earn respect you spend that amount of time and that work and that quality like just there's a lot of different things that i believe about respect but That was always a struggle with us. And then the second that my stepmother realized that I wasn't going to be her perfect little stepdaughter. And that I wasn't going to just be her mini her. And just become and integrate easily as her daughter after knowing her for such very little time. um, She decided that her and dad were going to get pregnant. And dad didn't disagree. And so that was also triggering because it also feels like a replacement. And it also feels very... um, not meticulous, but very intentional. Mm. Because her and I don't get along, that it, they were gonna have a baby right after that. Um, so that was something. That's something else that's hard to deal with. And then also, even the the amount of times I have spent trying to explain to them rad or why my childhood was traumatic or why I would be triggered about them having a baby, they would always um, basically uh, what's the word invalidate.
0: I mean. Yeah, they they did not validate your feelings. They did no. not
1: validate my feelings. They didn't really try to understand my feelings, and even when they did, because of their level of awareness, it's they couldn't. And it is the same thing with my aunt as well. There's just they have such a high level of ignorance that even when they want to understand, it doesn't. Yeah, they can only. Click with them. They just
0: they just see things from their own perspective, right? And it's a very limited. They're, it's limited in the... It's like their experience with you, like raising you for, for your aunt, raising you and raising her kids and like how she was raised. That's the only experience that she considers. But she's gotten better, I think. I do think she's like trying. As far as your dad and your stepmom go, I think for me, my experience with that is that they just look at it like, yeah, that sucks and that that was hard. But what do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to do? So, yeah. So they just did, they just don't have any ability to understand that there's like, you know, you don't do that much damage to a person and then just in a year's time or whatever, turn it all around. And I don't think they can understand that. Do you agree? agree? Yeah. So that was a lot of tough stuff, but, um, I just mostly wanted to prove to the podcast listenership that I was going to, in fact, bring you back <laughs> because they probably don't believe anything I say. Cause I'm like, I'll be back with another episode soon. And then it's like a year later. Right. <laughs> so, right. um, do you have any desire to like speak on specific topics if the audience is interested in hearing from you?
1: Um, which they I probably won't be am... because you're lame. Right. <laughs> um, it's facts. I'm more interested in what questions the audience have when it comes to dealing with their child or, like you said, dealing with the outside world when it comes to rad. I would like to talk about those topics. Um, I want to also talk
0: about, like, what it's like to have a child that's now growing up and, like, it's so much different for us now, you know?
1: It's very different. We've come a very long way from when I was 13 years old to now 18 I definitely have had a lot of growth. I'm definitely not the same person, and our relationship is completely different as well.
0: Mm. I would agree. Yeah, because you don't hate me
1: anymore. <laughs> True. I didn't I have know if you. Would, I You have moments of hating me. <laughs> what? They must be fleeting. not like hating. They they they're very like temporary. They're very temporary. Of course, yes, they're very temporary, and it's not necessarily hate, but I definitely have strong dislike for you sometimes whoa i guess we're uncovering new things it's not new because you're new to me no 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 you apologize you like come to me after we have an argument or something and she'll be like so are you done hating me or like yeah you're gonna go and just keep hating me for the rest of the day and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so it's not a a secret and funny enough my best friend met, uh my best friend thinks that it is hilarious because my mother and I will argue over something for like, say, 10 minutes or something. And the next message is like some random question. We can just have an argument and then next thing you know, we're back to talking about something else. That's also because I don't necessarily think we're arguing half the time. I just... I will feel like it's an argument, but... And she will feel like it's an argument, but...
0: Well, Megan's parents are even crazier than I am, so... Oh, I didn't mean to say her name.
1: You did say her name, yeah. You I can just delete to- that part out, it's fine.
0: I didn't mean Megan. I meant Natalie.
1: Natalie. We can use <laughs> Natalie.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I guess um, what can we, like, can we try to figure out a topic that you think is good that we can touch on, like, and do a full, plan? not planned as in scripted, but, like, we're going to talk about this and this on next podcast.
1: Maybe we could start out with some tips when it comes to, like, just things that we have gathered as I'm growing like just things that help when it comes to a red teenager especially starting out trying to fix that relationship or trying to help your child with awareness and like teaching them about awareness and like patience and being patient with them and um just different things that I know have helped me and that my mom has researched or figured out how to do or come up with that has um worked works for us maybe i think the next episode we could go over some of those things just like a little tidbit of maybe some things that if anybody wants to like wants to try or give them idea of what to come up with I
0: think so. And I think that they definitely want to have insight into like the mind of a child that has rad. So maybe yeah, we, can we can just can... discuss like what you're thinking when they're thinking. I can say, well, when that's happening, this is what I'm thinking. And, and... then I can
1: say what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think that would be a good, good idea to you. Can you really go back to that time and remember things? Yes.
1: Not remember things, but I can <laughs> tell you what I was thinking. <laughs> I can tell you what I was thinking. Okay. I could definitely put myself in that place and see where I was coming from. Right. <laughs> That's funny. But I will not remember where I lived, what city I was in, how no. old I was,
0: what you were talking about. No. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. So we did it, and that means that we're, like, sometimes, like, podcasting, I think the whole, the whole shit of it all is to just be in the habit of doing podcasts. Yeah. Instead of like, you know, that analysis paralysis where you're just like, I'm planning to do a podcast and then you're like, but I really don't feel like doing it. And I hate the idea of doing it. And it's just like, it becomes like on the list of shit you don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So at least we did it. Okay. So love you. Bye. Bye.